Welcome to Conspiracy Say What, the final episode of our spooky October, uh, also the horror, because this is releasing a couple days late. So, you know. Because we're all sick. The world is a nightmare. But we're here, <laughs> and we're here to tell you about ghosts, and all of the ghosts you can find in Colorado, which uh, we are not even going to get close to scratching the surface well, on no, this topic. Not us. even. Colorado's haunted as hell. So. It is super haunted. I mean, it's called colored red. So, like, you can't get more haunted than that. <laughs> it's a good beginning. I never thought about that. That's extremely metal, and I'm here for it. Yeah, but uh, for those who don't know, Colorado is a state in the States, uh, if you're not from the <laughs> Thank States. Thank you for clarifying uh, that. <laughs> if you're one of those Southern British people that we always talk about on the show, you may not know that. <laughs> but also, uh, if you've never been to Colorado, it's got mountains and ghosts. So, and ghosts everywhere. And yeah, and cold weather that just kind of creeps up on you more than the ghosts seem to do. Oh, it's like random cold spots. The whole state is full of it. Yeah, I know. I always hear like people will be like hiking or whatever, like on those ghost things. And they'll be like, well, we felt a random cold spot. And just assume they're in Colorado. Yeah, that's my intro. I'm Cameron. I'm Allie. I'm Sarah. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. I'm killing this intro. Well, like Cameron said, the state is super haunted and there are super haunted places that you can visit. So we want to give you as many as we can think of. We have hotels. We have prisons. We have plains areas, forest areas. Cemeteries. Just, we have it all. Cemeteries. I mean, anywhere that you want to go, we have it. Does and any they're, state they're all ghost haunted? Does any state not have a cemetery? There's, I would assume most I places it. have a cemetery. Does Antarctica have one? Antarctica's not a state, though. Well, I know, but you said there's any <laughs> place, so I assumed it's a place. Or do they just let the penguins eat them? I don't know. Uh, there are old uh, cemeteries in Antarctica. It's off of the Antarctic Peninsula in Livingston Island. They found human remains. So That's metal. Yeah. Well, let's go a few thousand miles back over to where we're going, which is Colorado. Yeah. And how would we like to start in Cripple Creek, Colorado? Because everybody knows what cripple creek colorado is maybe not by that name but everyone has heard of dr quinn medicine woman you guys are not nearly as excited as be. <laughs> i'm, I'm a lot older than you guys i forgot so that that show was my life but yeah the real dr quinn medicine woman lived in cripple creek colorado her ghost i don't think haunts the town i mean i don't as think she hung know. out as far as i know i mean she I imagine she and the ghost of Sully ran off and had romantic adventures across the United States, but that's just me. So anyway, the, the place that we're talking about in this particular town is Hotel St. Nicholas. And before it was a hotel, it was a lot of creepy things like a hospital and a school and a place for people with mental ailments went. And as we all know, that is prime haunting location. So the hospital was first built in 1896, with, uh, built by the Sisters of Mercy. And tragically, right as they opened their doors, a massive fire swept through the town and they had to evacuate the hospital and most of the city burned down and not a whole lot of people died, but it was just devastating in general. And then a second fire swept through the town because, you know, why not double up while you're ahead? And at that same time, 
an anti-Catholic league member, which I didn't know that was a thing. No other comments. Um, (laughs) As a former Catholic, no other comments. But this person's goal was to blow up the hospital. And so he took a stick of dynamite and threw it in the hospital while the rest of the town was burning down, which I think is overkill, but like, you know, calm down guy. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately for him, the dynamite exploded before he wanted it to and it blew off his leg (laughs) karma karma and then the sisters being merciful sisters as they were they helped him saved his life and he eventually apologized for trying to kill all of them thank god he apologized i know what a sweetheart it just it makes me think of battle of la when all the chaos is going on and bombs are falling because america's shooting at itself and Mm. some guy some cop kicked in a store window and hurt his leg (laughs) just i don't understand people sometimes in chaotic environments hurting themselves to break other things isn't there a law or something that says if you break your leg or something like that in somebody's store while you're breaking in that you can sue them for damages? I know I heard about that. People have before. sued before, yeah, and gotten damages from it. So if you get hurt while breaking into their store. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Your store hurt me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to the hotel that used to be a hospital. All right. So in this hospital, it served physically and mentally unwell patients. And then it eventually closed its doors in the late 1800s, or actually in the 1970s. And then it, um, it became a boarding house, which some accounts say that it was open for a while and other accounts say that it opened as a boarding house and immediately closed. So I don't know what happened there. If yeah, something tragic happened, they had to too. close it. Yeah, we need more information. To Cripple Creek. Let's so, go. It's apparently a really haunted town in general. I haven't so, been like, to Cripple I, Creek in a long time. It's, it's been a while. It is a cool place. And actually, I spent some time at this hotel back when I was 25, way back when I was 25 years old. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the ghosts that haunt this place. So there's Petey, who is a young boy who haunts the bar area, which is on, like, I guess, the first floor level, but it's also kind of downstairs the it's hard to explain. You just have to go there to see it. And from experience, the bar is very small and the, the ghost haunts this area and he pulls all sorts of pranks on the hotel guests and staff and everything. But generally he's a friendly little ghost. Another ghost is a miner who is said to just kind of walk up and down the back stairs. And he doesn't really talk to anybody. He just sort of is there just sort of like a, an apparition or something like that so he doesn't really bother anyone i actually read that Uh he is an old miner with no upper body ew what so like i don't know if this is like a full apparition or if this is just like a pair of legs and a miner suit like walking up and down the stairs but (laughs) wait so this thing that i just found is there is an apparition of an old miner with no upper body that is also sometimes seen in the stairs. How do they know it's a miner? Plus, exactly. I'm wondering, it's like the, all of the telling characteristics of a miner would kind of be on the upper half. So he's I mean, wearing well, boots and jeans, I guess. I don't or know. He's like, what if he's holding his gold pan at his side or something like that? Yeah, I don't know if there's arms involved or not. <laughs> or he's like carrying a pickaxe or something that's hanging down or something. 
Like, so, I don't know if this is like digitally cut in half or like physically cut in half, you know, like, like maybe you can still see like his elbows down floating around by his legs or something, or like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like waist down or what the deal is. So this these, story, but these legs came into the afterlife, but are stuck in that realm where now they, all they can do is just walk up and down the stairs I guess. constantly. That would be super annoying as it goes. I didn't find anything as to like why he would be half a body. That means that somewhere the other half of his body is around that's terrifying maybe it's under the stairs maybe that's why the legs go up and down the stairs oh, the rest of them is caught somewhere else yeah just underneath the stairs yeah i don't know but mm. like that was like the main thing that i saw that was different from your information sarah that was like oh I that's great <laughs> yes please that that is delightful information i'm also really glad that i did not see that because i probably would be in a psych ward right now i don't think i would recover <laughs> from seeing a pair of legs walking up and down a stairs right i feel like that's so much scarier than just like some minor that kind of hangs around right like a full body apparition it's like yeah that spooked me but i can get over it it just looks like a human but is it because i feel like like the face is what would scare me like if, if it's just a pair of legs, I don't think a pair of legs is going to do anything to me. Like if I get like karate kicked down <laughs> by a pair of ghost legs, that's just a fun story to tell at bars. But like at the bar downstairs, but like if it's a guy that has like a face and he's a minor, however you decide that and maybe he's got an ID that's like under 21, however you decide that. I, I just like I feel like that's a lot scarier. Now, if it's just his legs and his face is in the knees, that's what? terrifying. Why would you that's, even say that? That's <laughs> horrifying, guys. If that's the case, oh. can you imagine? Just like you find, you finally get a good look at his legs, and there's just there's a face in the knees. What is wrong with you? <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about the minor <laughs> legs. Anyway. All right, there's another ghost called Stinky, and apparently he just smells like sewage and hangs out in the back stairs. Ooh, okay, so what if it, it what if Stinky and the miner are one ghost, but the smell is the decomposing body of Mr. Legman? I kind of feel like Stinky's just a guy that lives there and everyone's being rude. Oh, yeah. It's Cripple oh. Creek, it wouldn't surprise me. So I was reading about these ghosts, and I didn't see anything about people actually seeing Stinky. It's just like people get a whiff of sewage and like, nobody's there like so this was like an apparitional okay. smell i double it's, back on my point and i go with sarah's point it's <laughs> it's that stinky is the other half of the miner and he's under the stairs decomposing, decomposing. for hundreds of years and the for like a ghostly decomposing like he's already decomposed but now in the afterlife he's also decomposing forever maybe he's slowly maybe maybe <laughs> his legs completely decompose first and like the rest of him is still there decomposing so that's why the rest of him is not a ghost yet maybe he's like slowly like fading right like he's thawing out and slowly yeah. decomposing oh as he thought yeah out. exactly yeah just you know everyday typical ghost stuff Totally. Right. We're just using science here. That's it's just science. But do you guys want to hear the ghost story about when I stayed there? Yeah. Sure. All right. So uh even though we're talking about ghosts, I myself am very skeptical. And I still well, I, we'll talk about what I believe at the very end. But <clears throat> my sister and I decided that for our twenty-fifth birthday, I think it was twenty-fifth or twenty-third. I don't know. I I'm bad with numbers. Anyway, my sister and I decided to stay at a haunted hotel for our birthday. So we did some research and we found the one in Cripple Creek and my parents and my sister and I set off to Cripple Creek and went and stayed there for the night. 
pretty soon after we arrived at the hotel, we decided to check out the bar because we were still in our 20s and having a drink was fun at that time. So we went down into the bar and it is a tiny room. I'm talking like you could maybe fit 10 people in there and it would, it would be pretty tight. So we walk into this room and there's a bartender and you know she's doing the usual bartender stuff like cleaning glasses and wiping down the bar and everything like looking that. Spooky. Looking spooky. Looking spooky, asking where we come from, where we're going, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so um, she was also an old prospector. It was really weird. So very nice. was just kind of telling us about the history of the hotel and everything. And my sister doesn't really drink and neither of us really do. So we kind of abandoned that early on. And my sister got up from the bar and decided she wanted to go down the hallway because she saw a bunch of other pictures hanging on the wall. And she wanted to get photos of those because uh, this is before we had cam- Well, we had cameras on our cell phones. We just didn't use them because we're weirdos. We still had physical cameras. And so she's walking down the hall, taking pictures and everything. And I can see her flash. And so I turn back around and I'm talking to the bartender and asking some questions about the history of the town and things like that. And I, all of a sudden I feel this tug at the back of my hair and it was so, it was so forceful that it made my neck go back and I almost fell out of my chair. So I immediately turn around, like yelling my sister's name, because of course, if anyone is going to harass you, it's going to be your twin sister. So I turn around, I'm like, Angela, and there's no one behind me. It's a completely empty room. It's just me, the bartender, and I can see down the hall, her camera is still flashing. So I know she's not in the room. And I turn back around all wide-eyed and to the bartender and she just shrugs and kind of looks at me like, yep that happens. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean that happens? You like, just work here. You just, wow. I just realized I dropped the F bomb. I usually don't, don't cuss on this, but it, it was like, it was like such a memorable occasion. I guess I got a little excited there. Excuse me, mom, if you're listening. So that was really bizarre. And I, ha- I don't know where the picture is, but I told my sister, as soon as she came back, I was like, you have to take my picture and see if there's anything like around me Spooky because orders. my hair was like still like up out of its um, bun and me looking all spooked and everything like that. And the rest of the night, my sister and I, I was going to say, I want to show you guys the videos of the ghost hunt that we did. Cause we did take actual videos I just realized um, I want to be friends with you. So I'm not going to show you those (laughs) ever. So yeah, that was our experience. We didn't have any other, we didn't notice any cold spots. We didn't notice any other weird smells. It was just that one moment where my hair was pulled and that, that spooked me good and proper and is one of the things that I cannot explain to this day. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little creepy. So in conclusion, this hotel is definitely haunted. For sure. And make sure to stay there and support small businesses like haunted hotels. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of and they're, haunted they're nice hotels. Folks. Ooh, yeah. We have another haunted hotel. Um, and it's not the Stanley Hotel. We're not going to talk about that one. Yeah. Boo anybody's waiting for it because we're not getting to that. <laughs> we're not talking about locations that everybody has heard of. So if you're interested in hearing about the Stanley Hotel and other famous Colorado haunted locations, it's not going to happen. So not on this episode at least yeah i do on a different time stanley hotel i'd want to go to though i don't think the stanley is actually haunted is it yes yeah there's there's they're one of those places that asks you if you get pictures of orbs or anything like that to show them Mm. yeah 
there's a couple of places like that. I thought it only started being called Haunted after the Stephen King book came out. Nope. Well, I mean, that's kind of why he started writing the ghost story there, right? Yep. He knew that it was haunted. So it's been haunted for a while. So, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about something else. (laughs) We are. And the next hotel definitely is pretty well known, but it's also not the Brown Palace because everyone's heard of the Brown Palace. So we're talking about something else. It's the Oxford Hotel. Ooh. And it's in downtown Denver this time. So mm-hmm. more people may have actually heard about this one. Probably because it is the oldest hotel in Denver. It was built in 1891 and was designed by the same guy who built the Brown Palace. So if you see similarities, that's why. Yeah, I read that um, the Oxford in its current location has been there for 128 years and it's been haunted for 121 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so okay it's got a Hasn't reputation always. okay um i like this note about vertical railways yeah that that was a, a fun find of mine that they used to call elevators vertical railways which i think we should go back to that because elevator is just really boring it's a let's get on the vertical railway take it up yeah. to floor 13 it's not too formal <laughs> My favorite part about this hotel is that if you aren't rich enough to stay there, like I definitely am not, uh, you can go to the cruise room and get yourself a cocktail because that is still open. It may have been a speakeasy before Prohibition. I don't know. Some people think this because it opened, the bar opened the day after Prohibition ended. So it's like my favorite note. It's like, you guys were already ready. You were just like, you were either already operating or you were just waiting for it to end. <laughs> yeah. They, they were prepared for sure. And I guess in the cruise room, there is a ghost of an old man who sits muttering at the bar, talking to himself, who he's drinking a beer every time. And he mutters about how he needs to deliver the presents to the children which if you needed any more nightmare fuel talking about kids while you're a ghost drinking a beer at a bar is a good way to do it. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. And apparently (laughs) this guy, he's supposed to be a ghost of a mailman who froze to death while working in central city during the holidays and was unable to deliver his gifts to the children. Well, how did he end up there? Why did he end up in Oxford hotel? I have no idea. That is the one the weird speculation disconnect <laughs> that I don't understand. I don't know if he liked to visit the Oxford on his days off or that's, that would be a hike for back then. Yeah. For, go all the way. Cause it's 35 like, miles West of the Oxford. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For reference there. Yeah. It's, it's 35 or even more. And like, that's a, that's a long drive, let alone a walk for a ghost. Right. Well, that's, and it's, it's not just, down the road it's up a mountain you'd have to go up to central city to to go up there which is also super haunted i have um my husband's family is from there and i guess it's just rife with ghosts which we'll have to talk about it some other time when swedes can be with us haunted colorado part two or three or four we're coming for you Like twice a year, we could probably do a haunted Colorado episode, honestly. Oh, and we would easily. never run out of content. Honestly, let's just make another podcast. <laughs> just haunted really Colorado. Really yeah. Um, 
Another location that's haunted in the hotel is the attic, which sadly is no longer accessible to the public. I guess they used to give tours up there, but they don't anymore, which is tragic because Burn. nothing is creepier than an attic of a hotel. Yeah, that would be a huge moneymaker. <laughs> I, seriously. I mean, the way that things are going right now, as far as companies losing money, they, they need to open that attic back up. Right. So Oxford, if you're listening, open the attic. We'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're broke we can't we'll um a specific ghost they just have recorded voices and objects moving in footsteps which is almost more terrifying i think if i saw stuff moving without something there that would freak me out more i don't know yeah it's like the unknown is creepier than just seeing an actual apparition like doing right creepy stuff i mean my dog has an unbelievable fear of the wind i'm pretty sure it's just because he's afraid of things moving of their own volition but that's that's what i, um, I think yeah. it's because the words of dead men flow on the wind right so maybe dogs can hear yeah. that they got better hearing so they can probably hear those last whispers as oh. it comes in could be a reason oh, why like cats spooky. and dogs get creeped out story can you imagine the poor dogs in Casper, Wyoming? Oh my God, just nonstop <laughs> chatter. It never ends. That's why dogs just stare out the window there. All right, if you live in Casper, Wyoming, let us know. Are your dogs all crazy? Anywho. Anywho. Room number 320 is called the murder room. So if you want to stay there, make sure and book it early because it's hard to come by. Everyone wants to stay in the murder room because we're humans and People are weird. I don't understand. So let's the story goes. On purpose. Yeah, let's let's go experience something horrifying. That I I'm guilty of it too. I totally get it. <laughs> you literally just told us a story about how we went to go stay at a hotel for your birthday. I know, but again, I'm also a skeptic. So I was like, haha, let's stay at a haunted hotel. I don't believe this. And then got ghosts. And you were the one that got you got I got. was. I got got. <laughs> Maybe you guys should take me places because there will always be some sort of ghostly encounter. Because I don't yeah. believe in them. We'll take you as like the beacon. Mm, I'm the bait. I mean, I also don't believe in it. I've only had like one or two things, two things, I guess, happen that were weird. So that's for a different episode. But yeah, also a skeptic. So mm. there's always an explanation. Let's see who gets got first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm brown and a woman. This is trouble for me. <laughs> if movies have taught us anything it's, if, they've, yeah. <laughs> if they've taught us anything i'm in trouble although you're kind of the wise cracking white guy so you might also get yours <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that i'll just make sure not to dye my hair blonde at all mm-hmm. and i'll just be like aside from already being the regular white woman mm-hmm. i'll make sure i'm not the regular blonde white woman because that'll be worse i mean as long as you're not smooching somebody you're gonna be okay like damn it you always get in trouble if you're smooching so don't don't go on a ghost tour and go smooching. Yeah. Well, speaking of smooching, oh that's ooh, kind of what's yeah, going on good in this room. segue. <laughs> Very nice. So in 1898, Florence Richardson and a man who called himself H.C. Rockwell, that, that was not his real name, checked into room 320 and never exited alive. <laughs> so some people say that she killed her lover and then herself. But others say that Florence's husband came into the room and killed them both. Really? I read where she came into the room and saw he was cheating on somebody. That is another story. Somebody. 
Yep. And then she killed both of them and then herself. With just the mm-hmm. gun she's carrying around? I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is 1898 days. America. Anything goes, really. Absolutely. I mean, everyone had a handgun in their purse. I imagine you could just find one in the hallways. Like, instead of, like, the fire extinguisher boxes we have now, they just had gun boxes. You just pull one out in case of an emergency. <laughs> I mean, didn't they just give you one? Like, you check in, here's your towels, here's your toothbrush, here's yeah. your gun. Like <laughs> Revolver, three shots, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get you through the night. Yeah. I mean, it was early Colorado. It's like Texas's modern age. That's totally. fair, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So... The story goes with the actual ghost, or one of the stories, um, the one that I found is that Florence herself actually shows up, but it's only when uh, single male guests are staying in the room, and she like doesn't really do anything bad. She just kind of like turns the lights on and off, or the faucet, or like turns the covers, or like whatever. I, I just don't really know like how you'd know it's her. I didn't really see if they like see her physically in a physical form or if they're just like oh it's florence when you say it's single men is it like men who are single or men who are alone men are alone okay because mm-hmm. i was gonna say how does she know yeah unless she's showing up and to i guess the us. hotel like actually says they try not to book uh like lone men in the room but I that's mean, discrimination right unless i guess they want to but who knows yeah. No, no, I'm curious. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no. very curious. Well, in one of the stories that I read, it was that um, single men will see, will wake up to another man standing at the foot of their bed, and um, I don't know, kind of threatening them, I guess. But doesn't do worse. anything. No, just sort of stands there, and I don't know, he maybe wags his finger like you would in the 1800s <laughs> when you're really disappointed in somebody. Mm. But is that with the, then is that with Florence or do they show up separately? Like she shows up, she admires the single man in the room and then HC Rockwell just shows up angry at you for existing. <laughs> it seems like either way, just like if you want to see something as a, as a lone male human being, just stay in this room. Yeah. So if you're a lone male, maybe stay in the hotel room and report back to us. Do you see Florence? Or do you see H.C. Rockwell slash W.H. Florence? That was his real name. We need to know. We need to know which ghost is actually haunting the room. All right. Or if it's both. You in there. We'll stay in the room next door and we'll wait until you start screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with this. Yeah, that's great. Um, Is there more in here? Yep. there. Apparently there's a ghost on the second floor, but there's not a whole lot of information about this particular ghost. It's supposedly the ghost of a little girl who kind of wanders around and she's thought to have been the daughter of a prostitute who was murdered there because why not prostitutes are always murdered in hotels and stuff i feel like that's stop it the stories here <laughs> seriously i know come on just stop it leave leave people alone uh and then there is another victim of suicide this time who is on the second floor but there i could not find anything about if someone actually killed themselves in the hotel or where the whole suicide thing came from, aside from that being a very typical horror trope. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of things just kind of sprinkle those little bits in there. It's like, Oh, it's extra right. often because of all these things that happened too. Right. It couldn't have been have somebody no who just like, I don't know, ate a bad piece of chicken and got diarrhea and died or something. Like you can't, <laughs> it has to be something intense. It has to be like, can we add that one to the 
file too. Yeah, but it's also gonna <laughs> go on. Now, never gonna eat chicken again. <laughs> Salmonella chicken diarrhea death. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. I don't really want to think about it. See, I say bad things on the show, but you say real bad things on the show. So I do have a story real quick that I would like to add to the 320 room. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, there is a woman named Shelly Care, who is a PhD in Dallas. Uh, she's a past life regressionist, Reiki healer, and popular speaker on the subjects of gems and their healing properties. In mm. 1999, she apparently lived in Denver and she decided to go research the Oxford Hotel. Now, while doing this, she was walking down the hallway to get there to room 320. And she said she was hit with a cold Arctic blast, which in, again, in Denver means someone mm-hmm. opened up a door. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it can happen right now if you open that door. Right I don't want to slap it down like that quickly, but like that one I'm going to. Uh, but anyway, she's then quoted as saying she had a necklace on. Uh, I was standing there wondering, my God, what just happened? Then I heard my garnet necklace begin to sizzle sizzle i assume like if you don't know like what sound effect could go with there like a, a steak on a grill uh just that nice or or on, on the border when they bring out the fajitas like you get that sizzle um but then she says my necklace just disintegrated and all of the garnets scattered on the floor at my feet. Again, that's a quote. Uh, she was alone when this happened, unfortunately. Uh, also, there's not any proof. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was powerful in your face. As I said, I liken it to an Arctic wind. She then says that she gathered the gems from the floor and then purified them in the earth, restrung them, and eventually sold it to someone else. Great. So you, you sold your haunted gemstones. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like <laughs> yeah. a sounds like a good story. Uh, she doesn't mention that she actually interacted with Florence, however. So Bummer. what I did read is that Florence does tend to grab people's arms in the middle of the night and also rips oh. off the blankets. Sounds a little aggressive to me. Yeah, I read turns Super. the covers. But, you know, that's pretty subdued compared to rips off the blankets in the night. Yeah, I know. Right. That's kind of nice. Like, does she turn them down for you? Like, like put a or does on she like pillow, or? rip them off of you after making a cold wind enter the room? Because that's just <laughs> rude. That's really that's not very nice. So, yeah, maybe she's trying to get men in, in the mood, though. I really don't know. I don't know how mm. Florence does that. Uh, if she she's did. listening, don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> Florence, if you're listening, stay in the afterlife, please. <laughs> and move towards the light. That is strange how there could be an Arctic blast and also sizzling at the same time. I feel like that's a temperature variance that we're not talking about. But... And then disintegrated stones. I mean, I feel like maybe her necklace did fall apart and that part's true. I don't know if I believe some of the other stuff that happened. Unless, like I said, maybe someone walked by her carrying a plate of sizzling fajitas and she didn't look behind her <laughs> so she just heard the sound as the necklace fell apart was she actually at casa bonita <laughs> it goes the wrong way <laughs> and just got confused i would believe that she walked through a portal in the oxford hotel and wound up at casa bonita that is something i would absolutely yes. believe okay. i'd stand That's by that story but we'll absolutely. tell we'll tell people about casa bonita in a different horror episode because there's <laughs> reasons why it's a horror show. Okay. Anyway, anyway, is that all for Oxford? I think so. Yeah. There, there was more historical information. So if you're a history buff, it's a great hotel to learn about, but 
Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of haunted. It's not like super haunted, but we're going to get it as super haunted the further we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like 200 something dollars a night. So if you want to go investigate oh, it, sure. make sure you got money on you. All right, yes. guys, we're going to get like six of us together. And we're all just renting one room and bringing sleeping bags. Yep. And don't tell the people that six people are going into one room because they'll, they'll make you pay more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on from hotels and maybe talk about the one place that is basically guaranteed to be haunted anywhere ground hotels where you stay forever (laughs) oh my god i guess it's a motel because the entrance is outside (laughs) (laughs) better hope it is unless it's a mausoleum then it's a hotel anyway Mm. anyway we had just mentioned central city and this is in central city it's the central city masonic cemetery So this cemetery is home to many fraternal orders, secret societies, and religious sects. And I mean... I would like to say religious sect, like S-E-C-T-S. Religious people. It just sounded like religious sects. People People do not go there for that reason. Sure. Uh, Yeah, they do. They might. Okay. (laughs) Sarah knows people go there for that reason. That's something added to this episode, I guess. I already told you if there is a haunting or something in a horror film, it's because people are smooching. Like we already talked about this. (laughs) You've got me. You've got me there. You are completely right. You don't even listen to me. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) So this sounds like a really huge cemetery, honestly. I just wanted to point out that this is like the perfect conglomeration of things for the podcast because it's got like new world order shit and the Freemasons and everything in here. Plus ghosts. Yay. Um, Anyway, there are many subplots and some of them include Central City Mason Cemetery, which is the main one. Uh, There's also the Catholic Cemetery, the Independent Order of the Odd Fellows Cemetery. I like that name. Yeah, that's where I want to be. And the Knights of Knights of Pythias Pythias Cemetery. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Pythias because that sounds a little more like interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds more Colorado like settler. <laughs> anyway, that's where I'm gonna start. Is the Knights of Pythias? We'll go with that cemetery. Um, so as we all know, the Freemasons were a fraternity, and they received their charter in America in 1752. Wow! And then this one was the second one that received their fraternity charter in the U.S. Um, and that was in 1864. So they're basically like another group that's similar to the Freemasons, but they have a cooler name. Um, the only thing that I found that really like differentiates them from other bro clubs at the, at the time <laughs> was that members were given a sword when they were in, yes. uh, inducted. And then many of them are actually buried with their swords. So Colored red. <laughs> uh Today, there are still about 2,000 lodges of this group and several, like, uh, cemeteries set aside for them, specifically. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were still such a thing, but, like, 2,000 lodges is a lot. So, this this specific, the Knight's Grave site is, it's bordered by and sits across from the Independent Order of the Odd Fellows. Uh, but in between those two plots are some unmarked body mounds that are like curving skyward and that's where all the spooking happens so several like actual apparitions have been spotted around the mounds area and the weirdest thing that i found was that the most common one is actually a woman not from this time period but probably from the 80s just based on like what she wears which i didn't really find anything as to why she would be here but she apparently wears a brightly colored red and teal tracksuit and she has really curly brown hair but has no face 
So Cam, oh. you will be afraid of her because you know you don't have to see her face. I bet but they're they on look her at her knees. knees. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. See, yeah. Wait, what? They're on they're her knees. Oh on her knees, and you didn't check beneath the tracksuit. <laughs> there you go. That's going to answer everything. You just got to check underneath the clothes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Apparently, people encounter her around corners or behind trees, and then before she or before they can re- react at all, she just like disappears into thin air. Which I don't know. I feel like I would immediately run home if I encounter a faceless woman in a tracksuit at a cemetery that disappears. I have some questions. But, but I mean, is is she faceless? Like, is it skin there or is it just black there or is it no just... idea? I read a few things and none of them said anything about like <laughs> what kind of faceless she is. But, but she has a head, right? She has like hair and stuff. Yeah, I imagine like they... brunch spray, like shell bangs and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, they seem to like that's part of what makes her seem like she's from the 80s is like the big curly hair and the tracksuit. But she, so then she no turns around, has no face. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be unnerving for sure. No, thank you. I would just bring a, a face. So that way, if she pops up, I can just hold it up <laughs> to her. And then it completes the whole image. Maybe that's what she's waiting for. Maybe she's waiting for someone to give her back her face. Mm. So I don't know. It, it just is kind of strange because the 80s, like the 1980s, it's way after any of the, these people were buried. So I don't know what happened to her, but... She's stuck here forever. Sounds like she lost her face (laughs) in some way. That's what it sounds like. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But on top of that specific cemetery, there's also the Freemason one, which is just a different plot, like I mentioned earlier. And that one's the most well-known as the most haunted, quote unquote. Um, So the main story with that one is the woman in black. There's always a woman in black. Yep. And specifically on the 5th of April and 1st of November every year, she visits the grave of John Edward Cameron. Cameron. Mm. And uh, she wears a black Victorian style dress and she keeps her hair in a braided jingons hairdo and she lays flowers at his grave every time. And so these sightings actually date way back to the 1880s of the specific woman in black who visits the gravesite. And uh, the only connection I found with the two dates is on November 1st which is when this John guy died of a, apparently a paralysis of the heart. Mm, like you do. Mm-hmm. Paralysis of the heart? Yeah, not sure what exactly that meant. I don't time, like that terminology. It sounds I like, I mean, his heart just stopped. Yeah, just, it stops. Yeah. But that's... They just made it sound fancy. I mean, I know that's what it means, guys. <laughs> like, I get the, the idea of the heart being paralyzed. I just don't like that as a medical term. Can we mansplain to you what paralysis means? I mean, please do. Like, I'm all for it, but like, I don't <laughs> like it. Like I'm, I'm not going to like it anymore. Paralysis of the heart. Anyway. I mean, it sounds cooler than heart attack or something. Heart, just heart attack sounds metal because it sounds like you're mm. like your own heart rebels against you. That's <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's fair. Yeah. So there's been a lot of speculation as to who the lady in black is. This guy was unmarried, which means nothing Scandalous. to me, honestly. Mm. <laughs> and I guess he was in love with a woman from Bald Mountain, but okay. like, don't really know why she's all the way over here. It's kind of like the, the other guy from the hotel. It's like, why are you all the way here from Central City, I guess? Hmm. But I guess I think one of the other reasons why they speculate that she's from Bald Mountain is I, is if people are watching her, there's a point at the end of like after she lays her flowers down, she turns towards Bald Mountain and then disappears. Hmm. So I guess that's why they assume that. 
That's a good distance from Central yeah. City, though, isn't it? How far is it? Uh, yeah, just for people listening and who don't really know Colorado's geography, that's that's a sixty-five mile drive through yeah, the mountains. With all these like distance discrepancies. Back but. then, that would have been like a couple weeks of a trek mm-hmm. to get to Central City from Bald Mountain or vice versa. So maybe that's why she only visits twice a year. Maybe it's a long way to go. I don't know how you met her. But how far of it is is it in like ghost miles? In like, ghost miles, like, yeah, like currently doesn't have ghost miles listed. Uh, I'm on, just Google. I'll go with uh, walking. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about twenty hours and thirty seven minutes. It says so. I guess it's doable. Well, I could get there in a day. I guess it's doable. If you really tried <laughs> in twenty hours. Apparently, you're not gonna make a camp or something. Straight through. Do you really That's need a camp you if you're up, a like, ghost? probably that's how you end up a ghost (laughs) (laughs) on this on this 20 hour trek exactly Uh, that's how you end up alfred packard (laughs) that is fair it's absolutely fair and if you don't know what i'm talking about we're going to mention that later so stay tuned um the the last part of this little story that i thought was interesting is apparently there used to be a rose bush next to john's grave and it's claimed that this lady in black actually planted it for him and she used to lay roses at his grave, but then this rose bush was removed by the people who owned the cemetery in 1888. Good. And that seemed to stop the ghost for like a little bit, about two years. And then she returned, but she started bringing columbine flowers, which actually bloom in the meadows nearby. Ooh. So I guess she was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. And then found the meadow over here and just started bringing more flowers. So Does she it's kind of weird that it's connected. Does the ghost know that it's super illegal to pick, pick wildflowers, specifically columbines in Colorado? Laws apply to the living. They don't apply to the dead. Well, I still feel like um, after you die, you should probably follow the rules because that's that's jerk status. That's fair. <laughs> that is jerk status. <laughs> Unless you there's like some jerk that picked the, the columbines and then they're like ghost columbines. And then you like pick those after they have been ghosted now we're getting deeper into the idea of ghosts and whether or not plants also have ghosts yeah i don't know because i never saw anything that said like the rose bush had cuttings from it or like I I mean, it's, it's just the like idea so. of having roses nearby and that's like what she went with in the ghost flower field <laughs> i don't know she sounded like a thieving opportunistic floral ghost thief <laughs> okay now you're just attacking her <laughs> we don't even know this woman's whole story. We're just attacking. She sounds her. sketchy. I don't know. Like <laughs> a ghost in right, a cemetery does sound laws. a little sketchy. Not as sketchy as the '80s lady with no face. That is very true. As someone who wears almost exclusively black, I can say that someone dressed in the '80s is a lot more terrifying. <laughs> that was right, not like a good red look. and teal. That's a terrible color combination. Awful. Absolutely that is terrible. terrible. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all I have for the cemetery. Um, does this one have a face? Does the woman in black have a face? I think so. Multiple people have seen her. I guess if you go on one of the dates, if you wait long enough, she appears. But if you try to go up to her, she'll run and run. Oh, that's yeah. even more terrifying. A running ghost. Oh, yeah. Wait, she runs run and then at disappears. you or no, away from away. you. Okay. Yeah. Mm. At you is like so much worse. But yeah, that is that is a whole bunch of nope. So if you go bring roses and if she tries to run, be like, wait, I got, I got you some roses to put on the grave Mm -hmm. and then she'll turn around and you'll see the faces in her knees. And (laughs) then 
you'll be able to talk to her as the mouths on the knees open and close. I don't like this. With the what sound the... of her voice coming to you on the wind. What so... in the Miyazaki is happening in your head right now? <laughs> <laughs> I do visually see it in my head. It's terrible. I can too. I'm not so... a fan. Oh God, I'm so glad I can't see things in my brain. Well, okay. we this is going well. Where are, we, where are we going next? Where do we want to go next? Back Black to Forest. Sarah's prison. Oh, we're going? Black okay. Forest. Okay. We can go to Black Forest. Black Forest, Colorado, for people, again, who are not from here. It is northeast-ish from Colorado Springs. It's pretty much in Colorado Springs, though. And it does extend a good way. It's pretty extensive. Uh, it is called Black Forest for the most mundane reason I've ever heard of in my life, which is that when settlers were arriving here, from a distance, the forest looked black, which you could say about nearly anything. Literally, Wait, no, guys. anything. We could have just called this colored black as a state. Like you could, <laughs> you could say that about at anything. It is. Yeah, <laughs> look, look at the Black Mountains. Like you could say it literally about anything. Anyway, though, uh, this is that's why it's called Black Forest. No other special reason, but. We're going to drop back to 1992, 1992 ish, roughly. Not uh, as far back as our other stories. So no, far. it's not. It's <laughs> not too bad. Uh, it, there, this is around a Steve or Steven uh, and Beth Lee and their two sons who moved into their dream home in Black Forest in the early 90s. Uh so he had basically been through Colorado as a truck driver. So he kind of knew the area. He knew that he wanted to live in Colorado Springs at the time. Uh, so they moved here and everything was wonderful. Everything was not great. Thank you, narrator. Everything was not great. Uh, so uh, everything was not wonderful. Absolutely. So soon after moving into the home, the Lees experienced uh, just like a ridiculous slew of hauntings. Uh, all kinds of stuff, like everything that you expect in a horror movie, they experienced, except for maybe like goop leaping from, leaking from the walls, like in the Amityville horror. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, they had lights that flickered on and off, uh, that damn Nosferatu, and they had strange chemical smells that would fill the house at night, making it difficult to breathe. Uh, this one was Ooh. really consistent and apparently like very, very like a physical type of manifestation. One thing that did end up happening is they checked the home for chemicals. They were worried that maybe there was something underneath the house or something like that. Uh, and there were no chemicals found in the home, obviously, other than anything that they own, like normal cleaning chemicals, stuff like that. So there wasn't any reason for the smell. Uh, then they also, to top this off, had odd sounds happen in the home, which I'm going to get to here in a minute as like a I don't like this as being evidence as much, but uh, Beth Lee specifically, uh, she was quoted in a book interview as saying, one day we came home and it was like the 4th of July in our living room and bedroom. We had all kinds of lights flashing through and it sounded like people stomping across the roof. We would lay in bed at night and hear chains rattling. One night we woke up and heard orchestra music. Strange things started happening every day so like i said like a slew of different things i mean like Damn. the ghosts were trying to get their attention in any way possible just absolutely chains rattling man chains rattling that is straight victorian ghost right? haunting yeah. stuff that's great yeah it sounds like they're going through the years you've got the chains rattling but then you've got orchestra music and then you've got fourth yeah. of july it's yeah this house is just a crazy haunted home hmm. and is this where is this in relation to 
the forest? Is the house in the forest or is yes. it out in the outskirts? So like kind of, are we talking like log cabiny or is there a residential it, area in the forest? It is log cabiny kind of, there is a picture down here in our outline, which we'll put in the newsletter uh, of the actual home. And if, oh, it is a log cabin. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put this in the newsletter for anyone who doesn't know, this is pretty much what most of the homes in Black Forest look like. I've been to a lot of homes in Black Forest. Gorgeous. They're just like this. Yeah. They're very, very pretty. It's in the middle of the forest, uh, which in and of itself has a lot of haunted encounters. Uh, mm-hmm. This is just one of the biggest, most Scooby-Doo ones I've ever heard of in my <laughs> life. So I decided to go with it. But yeah, so they have like all of these sounds, everything going through. I will say for me, sounds are not typically like great evidence, uh, especially when you live in a forest. But I rattling did. chains? Rattling chains are one thing, but like stomping on the roof, I usually discredit because like I lived in a forest. We got all kinds of things. We had bobcats in our trees, raccoons on the roof, bears outside getting in trash. Like they, you, you hear sounds for a myriad of reasons and sometimes you don't know why. So that's one thing. Raccoons, rattling chains also. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, maybe raccoons were just holding chains and dragging them across the roof. Honestly, I've seen weirder weirder things. Uh, But anyway, this prompted Steve, good on him, to get a bunch of high-tech recording equipment, you know, for the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah, which means it's probably worse than, like, any phone that we have now to get this kind of stuff. But there are a bunch of pictures because of this. Every picture I've put in is apparently pictures from the kind of investigation that they did can you, you put in, explain this mirror photo is that them taking the picture those supposed to be ghosts in the mirror which so mirror? oh my god so Ew, all the that. eyeballs oh yeah, no i'm about to get to this so <laughs> oh, i so can't you, <laughs> even look at this i can't i'm like scrolling away my so, house middle is far too empty and far yeah. too dark what the hell why I, didn't you warn me so we talk about we talk about evidence on the show and the, one of the reasons why i wanted to bring up this black forest haunting the scooby-doo extravaganza is that there is actually evidence um it again may not be like evidence that's going to fully convince me that they're definitely haunted by ghosts but i will say there is one mirror picture that we were talking that we're talking about here that is actually really creepy it's a super creepy photo so it's not them in the mirror uh no these two faces are not them in the mirror oh cool i'm scrolling past that now. yeah I'm is that not looking Bye. at it Nope. And the eyes are piercing, like literally yeah, piercing. That. That's like what you wake up to see in the middle of the night. I put it here and I just couldn't stop staring at it. And this is actually cropped Cameron. in. There is a photo that's pulled back. I can't stop staring at Don't it. Don't stare at it or it'll like, it's I don't know, hard. Come like the, it looks like yeah, a boy and soul. an older guy. And the guy has like a mustache. Oh, oh God, I just looked at it again. <laughs> oh, God, why did I do that? Yeah, no, it will haunt your brain. Pull again, again skeptics here, but it's a creepy photo. But anyway, he he got a bunch of recording equipment. He got cameras. He did multiple uh, experiments. And one of the photos that we're talking about, this mirror, uh, which will be in the newsletter, it is about 100 years old. So it is an antique mirror as well. So it was from the 1800s, roughly. Uh, so cool. yeah, so haunted old mirror, which is cool. Got another photo, which is orbs. Uh, just to kind of describe it. It's a photo okay. with a flash taken at night. Black Forest gets very foggy. Uh, it can get like weirdly misty. This is what this photo is. Nice I'm just going to knock it down. There's another photo of orbs crossing in front of a mirror. I'm not uh, with the lighting, I honestly think that it's a long exposure. But whatever. It could be multiple things. Um, but regardless, there is evidence, which I definitely commend them for because there's rarely evidence of things that we look up. I don't really scare that easy as far as this kind of stuff goes normally either. Like I have 
anxiety. So I'm scared of really stupid things, but not ghosts. The photo so. in particular is very creepy. Um, I again, it's just them taking the picture. We'll definitely put it in the newsletter. It's not because the faces are too close together and they're really small compared to their surroundings. I mean, I purposefully go to antique stores and buy creepy old photos. <laughs> I have yeah. dozens of them in my curio and that creeps me out. Yeah. I mean, I lived, so like when I lived in the, in Cheyenne Canyon, it was a, it was a hundred something year old house and we had a lot of antique stuff to go along with that. And like, you know, I don't know. So stuff like that used to creep me out, but like, I don't know, this is a weird photo. It is. I'm still a skeptic. So, I don't, you know, it could be explained in a million ways. It could also be doctored. It very much could be, but it most likely is probably like pareidolia, but regardless of that, uh, it is creepy. But anyway, he, he compiled this evidence um, he brought in supernatural experts who kind of couldn't determine what it was. So he eventually went to a show called Sightings, uh, which is a show that is very defunct, uh, very difficult to find anything for. I found one video clip. That's it. I could not find anything else. But the TV show Sightings ran for, I think, about two or no, it ran for four seasons. And it was apparently popular at the time. He did manage to get them to come investigate. So there is a whole entire episode. If anyone can ever find the show Sightings, which I might just search through thrift stores consistently now on VHS to see if I can ever find it. Um, but yeah, so it's somewhere out there are these recordings. Uh, but in, in season four, their final season, episode four, they do include their investigation into this home in Black Forest. Uh, however, they also leave out some of their investigation, which we're going to talk about because it's a little weird. Uh, so one point, though, in filming, there was apparently a possession that happened, a slight possession of Beth Lee and a crewman. Uh, the latter of which was actually on the ground, trembling in pain and in some accounts crying of how with how much pain he was in from this possession. Uh, this is apparently recorded. It is something they recorded, but it's hard to tell whether or not they put it in the show or if it's just something that they claim they recorded. And then the photo or like the the video was deleted, which is a pain to me because I want that footage. It I want to see it anyway. Uh, they also caught a photo of Steve Lee specifically with a bolt of lightning coming out of his head, which is another interesting thing that they found. No proof of that photo either. Couldn't find it. That's oh, just a may have, have happened. Well, there are pictures. So that's the thing I hate when I find evidence where it's like, we also caught this and that's more interesting, but <laughs> it's doesn't, it doesn't exist for some reason. Anyway, they ended up bringing in a woman called Echo Bodine or Bodine. She is a possibly psychic perceptive person. So in other words, she's possibly a medium, right? She was hired by the show uh, to investigate all of the paranormal activity going on. The clips that I could find were of her talking uh, about what's going on in the home. But much of her investigation, as noted in her book that she later releases, which there's a chapter called like a log cabin in the woods or something like that. And it's about this home. She talks about how they, they ended up finding a ghost that everyone apparently saw very vividly consistently, not just once. Uh, it was quoted as blue jeaned in a blue checked coat. Uh, and it was a lumberjack that was formed out of fog, mist, or smoke, depending on which account you find. <laughs> what? And they could physically, at one point, she said, they could feel the form of the ghost. I'm not talking about 
metaphorically, metaphysically, like you could walk up and I guess caress the side of the ghost. Yeah. And it wouldn't leave. Mm -mm. So it wouldn't fully form, but it also wouldn't fully leave at that point. And then it would kind of like disappear like a normal ghost encounter would. This is all stuff that she claims in her book. Uh, She also claims it on video at one point. So there are, there is evidence to that. She claimed that this was definitely haunted. Everything was haunted. Then there was also uh, Ina McClellan, who is a local native spiritual leader in the area. Apparently she was brought in to confirm that the ghosts were there because she has a lot of clout in this area. And she says that the presence of the ghosts in the home is definitely there. And that she felt it the strongest in quoted the kitchen area. Uh, this is, I also found a video of her. This was in the small amount of clips that I found. So the kitchen area was the most haunted, but she didn't say what was there. She just said that it was definitely, there was definitely a presence there. Uh, there's a couple of videos and stuff of her walking around in the home. Then, though, let's talk about Gary Hart. He's one of my favorites that they brought in. He is a hyperdimensionalist, all caps, because that's how they put it in the show. They put it in all caps. Uh, or in the clip that I was watching of Does whatever that mean it was. That every letter stands for a different word. <laughs> they didn't put periods. I, he's a hyperdimensionalist. So this guy, he claims that this is not just supernatural phenomenon in the way that we're thinking of with ghosts and hauntings. He thinks that it is a portal or multiple portals, as he gets into, flying around sometimes. It's kind of <laughs> like Preston. Yeah, sometimes. I want to be clear on the occasionally like i don't i don't know another way to put it like it's sometimes these portals slash orbs as you've heard us mention multiple times in the show are a globular phenomenon and they're very active in what he calls a hot zone uh, do you so, mean globular i said globular because i like that better <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is a hot zone. We have more pictures here that we'll put in the newsletter. I'm afraid uh, to look at this one because I saw some it's, more it's, beady eyes in the window. No, there's no beady eyes in the window. Uh, I think that's is, just like a flash. Yeah, it's just the flash. flash. So this is taken with a flash. Like beady eyes in the window. I want to make something like explicitly clear. If you take a photo with a flash on your camera, you are going to catch an orb. I'm just going to be real. Most Back. likely... At night with dust and dirt, there's dirt on the ground. It's going to be a bug. It's going to be, it's going to be dust. It's going to be dirt. I remember my favorite video was like of Colorado paranormal enthusiasts who have their own page. Uh, They took a picture one time of them setting a suitcase down on a bed and a bunch of dust comes up and they're like, look at all the orbs. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. That is not how that works. Um, Orbs may be real. You guys can decide that for yourself. I don't believe they are. Anyway, one thing that might get me to believe that they are, if I was ever to see more video evidence of this, uh, I'll just show you guys the actual videos because I took a screen grab of it. Uh, This is really, really weird. I'm not going to lie. So this clip in our outline here is just like, it's of the forest uh, surrounding like area from what I can tell. And there's light streaks going through it, but this isn't a video. And I watched the video multiple times because what it looks like is um, if you've ever seen bioluminescent creatures in the ocean, like they'll swim past cameras. Right. And you'll get kind of like this wavy effect of like this ball of light. And that's what this looked like, but this isn't underwater. This is in black forest, Colorado. So yeah, the furthest thing from the ocean, it's a bit weird. I will absolutely say that they, uh, one of the videos I watched interviewed a nuclear physicist and he said, quoted the dots were 
strange. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much, Mr. <laughs> Nuclear Physicist. He said that he's never seen anything like it. Uh, he did say that he would have to see more clips to kind of understand what it is. So there was another man brought in because of all of this evidence and everything going on. Uh, a man named Peter James. He is apparently huge in the psychic world or was in the nineties at the time. Uh, I don't, I've never heard of his name, like looking up this type of stuff for the show, but apparently he's very big. And now I've heard his name. He put an end to what this is in a way. He says that the ghost is probably the ghost of the, um, of a family friend's dead son, whose name is Howard, who had died in the sixties, 30 years prior. Originally, one, one thing I read said uh, he was not. Uh, originally, one thing that I said that I read said that he died right before. The 60s are not right before. They are 30 years prior to this incident. So, no. Yeah, it sounds like their generation is like our generation. Where we're like, the 90s were like just happening. <laughs> They did. They yeah. just happened a couple yeah. of years ago. They did. The nineties, the nineties were like 10 years ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, obviously Howard apparently came back as a lumberjack, lumberman, woodjack, however you want to call him. Uh, I don't really know why I didn't really find a reason. Couldn't really find if that's what he did. It didn't look like that's what he did. He died of a drug overdose. Uh, but that adds to the excitement in this case, because one of the big things that got them to know that there were ghosts here were chemical smells, mm -hmm. which is what they then use to explain the chemical smells is because mm -hmm. he died of a drug overdose. So why? Why is he coming back to this family that he's that his father was friends with? Well, to tell everyone that he was murdered, um, not to tell his dad that he was murdered, I guess the family friend of his dad. <laughs> instead yeah, like in their guys. new home 30 years later i can't tell my dad myself so you gotta go tell him i just i guess he was <laughs> he was just like jiggling that door ghost handle like let me in right and finally he got in but he's like i am in black forest colorado i was like i can do the best i can do i'll play orchestra music i'll stomp on the roof with chains and do drugs and i will give you guys the same smell of drugs that i smelled when i was murdered um and also I'll turn the lights on and off. This is everything that he apparently did. Steve Lee, the man who this is all happening to, just as a reminder, he did say that it had to be true because Peter James would have had no way of knowing who Howard was. I will refute this by saying that there's absolutely a way Peter James could have known because usually you can look into someone's family history and you can see things like if they were related to a death or anything like that. It's mm. not always that hard. Also, sometimes they tell you weird things like that. So he could have known was it likely that he definitely knew? Not necessarily, but he could have known. So I will say that. But the family does accept that. But that's not where this ends. There's more. And this is like, I know we're mostly talking about hauntings, but I have to talk about this it's because terrible. it's also part of it. You think this that like was a lot. <laughs> you think the chemical smells were bad? Well, let's bring in some cloaked alien soldiers you gotta explain to me what this picture oh. is so we have another picture here this will go in the outline because there's so much visual stuff with this uh, so yeah in the newsletter so if you guys look at the white circles here uh there's two white to. circles they're very they're very faint in the in like the middle-ish part of the photograph um what yeah, is in the middle of the photograph. if you look closely you'll see that those are faces yeah. I yeah. Guess. And there's like little shoulders on the middle guy. These are apparently the aliens whose cloaking technology just was 
I guess it sucked. Um, <laughs> that's like the best way what? I can Who the fuck came up with this? So this was actually uh, a bunch of kids. There are a bunch of kids. No, no. There are a bunch of kids playing uh, outside and they were running around in Black Forest, which I can tell you, uh, Black Forest uh, very easily looks haunted. I once played Airsoft in the middle of a dark and stormy night and you can't see anything in that forest at night. That sounds fun. Um, it was fun. and uh, But anyway... <laughs> Uh, they were playing outside. They were doing whatever. One of them had a camera. And then what the another one saw, he pointed apparently to this section of the woods that this photo was taken. And he was like, oh, my God, there's people over there. But they were like half visible. So they were like cloaked, you know, quote unquote cloaked. And he grabbed one of the other kids cameras and they ran after these guys and they took a photo. And now this is when it just gets even more batshit insane they chase these two aliens that are sucking at their cloaking abilities and one of them runs straight through a barbed wire fence like just through a barbed wire fence and keeps going and this kid made this explicitly clear he said through a barbed wire fence yes which is wild so to add this on to what Steve Ghost. Lee might think has happened, what does Steve Lee think? He has a simple conclusion that further complicates everything going on. <laughs> he says that the government are preying on his family uh, oh, okay. and that they're tormenting him. What is his Always evidence? Bring in the government. What's his evidence? He's seen men in uniforms wandering around the woods. They look like security personnel. So he thinks some kind of experiments going on. So, I mean, it is very, that area is pretty, well, not terribly far from the Air Force Base. If he was to see men in uniform in Black Forest, I wouldn't be surprised. A, because, yeah, the Air Force Base is right there. B, because Colorado Springs is known to be home to tons of military personnel. Oh, C, sure. I've known multiple that live in Black Forest. Uh, so probably. I'm willing to bet he saw a military guy or two walking around. But why are they walking around in uniform by his house? Maybe because they live nearby. And they're on the trails. Black Forest is also full of trails. So no, I'm pretty sure it's aliens and men in black. But yeah, that's his conclusion. He thinks that the supernatural phenomenon is real, but also, also the government is preying upon Damn. him. Now, I don't know if that means he thinks that the government brought Howard back into this realm of existence to say he was murdered, because that's part of his conclusion. And I'm confused. So like to tie the government to it, or is the government showing up because Howard showed up? And this is like a Casper the Ghost situation where they're like, well, this is interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah. So great uh, conclusion. So government cloaked aliens and Howard the Ghost uh, dead guy. <laughs> the oh, ghost my. Guy. Yeah. Going back to this photo, what are they standing behind? It looks like a, like a trolley of some sort. Or Let like me tell you, I have been questioning that yeah, like, since what is I that saw the photo i think i think it is a cart full of wood but mm. i do not know i cannot well, tell what it is that's kind of what i was thinking and then if you look at the people the one in the middle looks like a haggard george harrison and then to his right is janice joplin Oh my god in her that big glasses weird. it looks just like janice doplin for sure damn so i think that it was like just some holdout yes. hippies hanging out in the woods that they chased and as we all know um hippies are impervious to barbed wire ah yes that fact that i knew about 
Thank you yeah. for that one. Hippies are impervious to barbed wire. Yeah, they can run straight through it. That's why the government's terrified of them. Yeah, I mean, of course. How are you supposed to stop them? How can uh, you stop them? Not barbed wire, that's for sure. Yeah, that that's the whole story from the Black Forest incident, though. Uh, it's wild. It's not even the whole story, to be honest. There's tons of shit that goes on. Uh, but that's the main part of it. And there are still hauntings that do go on. Uh, I will say the family did eventually sell the home recently. It was like in 2013-ish or something like that. They put the home on the market. So oh, they sold too soon. They yeah. could have made so much if they sold it right now. Yeah. But mm. yeah, they, they, they did get rid of the home. And they're still convinced that they were haunted. Both Beth and Steven are convinced. I don't really know about the kids. The kids don't really talk about it anymore. Um, That's so. fair. They also wouldn't be kids anymore. They would be roughly in their thirties or, or older. So, okay. Anyway, let's talk about prisons. All right. Prison. The one of the most haunted places. Yeah. Of all the haunted places you could go, you definitely want to go to a prison because nothing bad happens at prisons, right? No, it's like one of the best places in the whole world. For sure. People go there to be cozy. Especially in the 80s city so i found this really strange apparently canyon city had seven prisons there is that a lot i feel like that's a lot that That sounds like a lot i don't think canyon city is very big it's not very big. no no canyon city is not very big and for seven prisons there's a lot of sounds like bad stuff happening down there (laughs) seriously like calm down down there guys and i the prison's were in operation for over 140 years. And there are several different high locations. The main one that we're talking about today is the Museum of Colorado Prisons. And they have kind of joined forces of all the sevens. They have, I don't know, transformed into one museum where they have several haunted locations. One is the old laundry room where it smells like tobacco and also has cold spots, which like we said earlier, you, you don't, There are no cold spots in Colorado, which is super spooky. Um, Cell 19 also has sounds of coughing and photos of orbs, which we we don't really like orbs orbs. here. But well, not coughing orbs, (laughs) but like coughing and orbs. No, I mean, the orbs orbs might be coughing. coughing. That's okay. Now, that's something that's something I'm interested in. Um, some of the notable exhibits include a hangman's noose from the last execution, because, of course, we're keeping that. Oh, yeah. Let's look at that. Also, the last gas chamber, super fun. There are a bunch of uh, photographs and also disciplinary implements, which I just imagine as like this massive um, S&M dungeon or something like that. <laughs> just like a bunch of cops put together their favorites. Disciplinary show off their implements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, the prison sounds interesting altogether. It's only open for a few months out of every year. So you have to be very decisive about when you're going to go down there Hmm. which you know hit the prison interests me and everything but the person one of the prisoners interested me more than anything and the reason i wanted to talk about him is because i visited his grave recently you know like you do and normal normal day off normal normal day off kind (laughs) of things visiting cemeteries looking for cannibals and boy did i find one so one of the most notable residents of the prisons down in Canyon city was Alfred Packer. And if you don't know who he is, um, 
I'm very surprised because you clearly have all heard of the Donner Party, but Alfred Packer's story is just as interesting, if not more so. I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about his story because it's really long, and I kind of want to talk about him later in more detail, but his, his story is just great. He was born on January 21st of 1842 in Pennsylvania, so he's not actually from Colorado, but he made his way out here because of gold, like everybody else did. And then later marijuana, you know, all the boring people. So he decided to come down to the San Juans because that's where he heard that gold was going to be. And if you haven't been to the San Juans, they are majestic. They are majestically haunted. Majestically haunted and majestic. They are the little Alps of the Rockies. And if you've ever been fortunate enough to see the Alps, you will notice obvious similarities. It's it's cool. I I have seen both and I'm very fortunate to live this close to the Alps of the Rockies. They're also in the paranormal zone. Ooh, paranormal Basically zone. Basically like the Colorado Triangle down there. Yep. That does not surprise me at all. Lots of aliens. <laughs> super tons of aliens and super tons of bad stuff happens in the forest, especially when you're stupid. Yeah, right. Which we talk about a lot on this show. <laughs> it's people being stupid and then ending up on the show, um, you know, made fun of by a bunch of millennials. So Alfred Packer and his, he had five buddies on this actual trip. They were pretty brazen. Uh, Actually, that's a nice word. They were stupid and they wanted to head to Breckenridge and he was, they were all very excited to get there because there was news of this gold boom and he didn't want to miss out early, you know, early 1800s FOMO. And he, they decided to stop by Chief Uray's camp. And if you don't know who Chief Uray is, look into him. He's fascinating, hoping I'm related to him. And they went into his camp and Uray said, please don't go right now. It is still the dead of winter. You're going to get yourselves killed. Don't go. And all the men said, you know, uh, actually, we're going to go. And Alfred Packer himself said, I know these woods so well that I'm confident in my tracking abilities and he was telling this to an indigenous person. So it just kind of shows you the avarice there. Yeah. So in February, the five men traveled north from Uray's camp towards Breckenridge, Colorado, in search for gold. And as we well know, in Colorado, if you've lived here, the spring is when we get the most snow. We get these random epic snowstorms. And they happen right after these beautiful days or weeks of sunshine they will come out of nowhere and kill you it's it is unbelievable and it happens every time if there's a sunny day in the middle of the winter or spring you know for sure snow is coming that's Mm -hmm. your tip from your friendly colorado native native so um (laughs) the people that were traveling with them i just want to say their names because they're super cool shannon wilson bell james humphrey frank butcher miller George California Noon and Israel Swan. And uh, that's a group. That's that is a group, and they all did. So the journey would take them 75 miles through mountainous terrain, which would have been not terrible, I guess, if you were prepared, but they didn't have snowshoes. They only had 14 days of rations, which 75 miles oh God, in 14 what? days in the middle of winter is just ridiculous. We were just talking about how it takes 20 hours to walk. Right. Like what? 30 miles away or something. 60, it was 60. 
Um, yeah. yeah. But still so in the middle of winter yeah. with no snowshoes, they had a few matches, but they didn't have a flint with them, which is like, <laughs> come on guys. I own a flint and I haven't been camping in years. Uh, they didn't have any heavy clothing. They only had two rifles and one pistol. They had a hatchet, a couple of smaller knives and minimal ammo. That's so Obviously American. not prepared. Like they, they just were not prepared at all. And then one thing that I was reading, Ure said, Chief Ure said, you need to take this kind of roundabout way, but it's a lot safer. And Packer said, actually, I'm going to go this straight up the mountain kind of way. And because Great it's idea. faster and I, I know what I'm doing. Thanks, Chief. I got this. <laughs> he did not got this. And horrible yeah, things yeah. happened. He got got so bad. Well, I mean, by he nature, didn't, he didn't get got but everybody oh, who yeah, was with He did. got his group got. He did. So in April, on April 16th of 1874, Packer emerges from the woods, just wearing rags on his feet and all beardy and just disheveled. And he ends up in Sagwash County, just all by himself. Naturally, everyone had questions like, what, uh, what's going on, buddy? Why are you alone? Where's the rest of your, where's the rest of your party? And he's like, fuck? Oh, they definitely died. It was horrible. And then like, okay, how did, how did they die? And he was like, um, well, some of them, they were going to abandon me. And then one of them got shot. And then we just kind of like, cannibalism. he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. And he's like, no, we resorted to cannibalism. And they're like, one more time, please, sir. And he's like, okay, we resorted, we resorted to cannibalism. We were hungry. We didn't have anything to eat. We weren't prepared and everything. And they're, he, they're like, okay, so who resorted to cannibalism? He's like, all of us, but like, I'm the only one that survived. So don't look into that any further. It's fine. I'll just be on my okay, way. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Obviously didn't go well for him. <laughs> he ended up being convicted of cannibalism because you can't do that legally. Um, it's complicated no. laws and such. I mean, I'll say he was closer to the group than ever, really, though. <laughs> he really was. I mean, yeah. he he got so close to those guys. Oh, yeah. Just bonded. very close. Mm-hmm. Really as close as you can get to someone, I think. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. They were, they were, had a strong bond there. <laughs> <laughs> so he was obviously convicted. And I'm like, I'm just sweeping over this story because there's so much information here. He's convicted, gets sentenced to death. That is commuted to life in prison. Then that's reduced. And then it keeps getting reduced further and further until eventually he's just, just let go. He's let go to live a quiet life in Littleton, Colorado. And that's where he, he lived out the rest of his days. And according to rumor, he was a vegan after that. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I, you know, if he, well, and he also said that in his later years, JK didn't really eat people. I survived off of like tree bark and, and hopes and um, hashtag prayers and uh, thoughts and prayers. So he recanted oh. that. He said, we didn't actually resort to cannibalism and um, I just survived miraculously, but I'm going to be a vegan during the early 1900s just for disease. Because that's something that everyone has heard of. Yeah, I was going to say, was that even a thing back then? (laughs) Really was not. Yeah, Yeah. really really didn't have much of an option to do that. Yeah, I mean, especially in America in the early 1900s. Are you kidding me? Like, you eat tree bark every day? I mean, he said he ate, (laughs) if if he survived off of tree bark, maybe that just became his thing. Yeah, you would just see 
Packard just walking down the street, just pull bark right off of a tree, <laughs> shove it in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like 1900s America. Even the tree bark is covered in bacon grease. Like it's <laughs> even that's not vegan. Yeah. So anyway, that whole story is absolutely ridiculous. There is a, uh, there was a restaurant up in, um, in Boulder that used to be called, I think it was called something, something about Packer or something. It, I can't even remember what it was called. If you are from here and you know what I'm talking about and you got to go to that restaurant, good for you. Super creepy. My parents did many times. Um, and also I was at a, um, I can't remember the name of the, the restaurant, but it like, they only serve salads. And one of the salads that they had, like their seasonal salads was the Alfred Packer. And oh it was God. so messed up. It had like, <laughs> It had um, peaches from Colorado and then it had like ham or something. I was like, oh, dear God, you guys, this is demented. But uh, um, there, there is the Alford because that was sometimes his name. Uh, right. Yeah. The, they misspelled yeah. his name many times. Right. So the Alfred Packer restaurant and grill. So. Yes. Yes. So you could go there and eat what you hope was a steak, but. Or you can become the steak. Does he haunt anything? That's the thing. When I went to his grave this past summer, uh, I've been to a lot of cemeteries and I've seen a lot of graves. I, this was my first cannibal that I visited that, that I know of alleged cannibal. (laughs) He was convicted. So it's, he was convicted. So we can say cannibal without getting in trouble for a hundred year old case. Um, So but it wasn't creepy. There's actually the creepiest part of it is that in his grave or at his grave site, there is a bench facing his grave. So you can have a sit down and kind of chill with a cannibal. And it has a lodge badge on it. So there are several groups of people throughout Colorado or maybe the world that are fans of Alfred and paid to have his grave all done up nice. Like it's, it's a nice grave. Okay. And it's clear that a lot of people visit all the time. So highly recommend you visit it. Um, I don't know that he haunts it. If he haunts anywhere, it's probably the woods where he definitely did not eat those people. For so, all the people that died are haunting the woods. Yeah. I mean, I didn't visit his grave at night. Might be. Although there was like a bunch of houses right across the street from there. So <laughs> you might want to ask some of the neighbors. Do you ever see Alfred Packer wandering around uh, licking his lips or anything? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So that's a, that's a creepy, the Denver cannibal story in brief, but uh, yeah. he's for sure a ghost haunting the, the mountains of Uray. I, I feel like it might be kind of fun as like a group thing. To everyone brings a rotisserie chicken with one of the names <laughs> of the people that was lost on the expedition. Oh my God. What? <laughs> right. you, everyone, everyone carves off of a piece and you serve oh it on a piece of God. bark. I mean, if you, you leave one for Packer. What? Are you starting a cult? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a fun outing picnic for everyone. But That's but in order to get to where the picnic is, you first show up and there's a man there and he's there to guide you. But you're mm-hmm. supposed to tell him, no, I know where I'm going mm. and you have to find it yourself. It's really just that. a whole party. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And I can't wait to eat different rotisserie chickens <laughs> named after these people who disappeared. I heard that humans taste more like pork, but okay. Actually, that was a one of the ghost stories that I read. That humans um, taste like pork. Humans taste like pork. That that's what the story was titled in the book. Ooh, uh, yeah. I guess I'll just bring it up super quick. It's another cannibal story, but this time the cannibal is actually haunting a place. I don't remember exactly where it was. The story was just called "Tastes Like Pork," and I guess the guy, <laughs> uh, the the cannibal guy, uh, was found to be like you know, eating people in his nice, lovely backwoods Colorado cabin. And um, wherever he's haunting, obviously, I don't remember like this entire story. Um, I guess you kind of hear him muttering to himself and sometimes he says, tastes like pork. Oh, maybe that is the ghost of Alfred Packer. Maybe it was another cannibal story, something similar, like lost in the woods or whatever, but. I mean, how many cannibals do we have in Colorado? I don't think I want to know that. I don't think you want to ask that question at all. <laughs> well, the last thing Sweet. on here is the Denver Strangler. Mm-hmm. The reason I wanted to do this story is because I have lived here my whole life and I had never heard this story before. No, I, I haven't heard this either. So did you guys know that Denver had its very own Jack the Ripper, except instead of knives, he used his digits? Okay, that's awesome. Fact. This is actually a true story. I mean, so was the last one. So are all of the, well, yeah, I mean, aliens or whatever. But that was the truest part. (laughs) The Denver Strangler was an actual serial killer that was active between 1894 and 1903. This person is still unknown, still at large, hopefully dead by now. And he is, I'm just going to say he because we all know. Um, is accused of killing three prostitutes within 10 weeks on what is now Market Street in downtown Denver. So I know. So for those of you who don't know where Market Street is, it is just right next to the baseball stadium and near a bunch of concert venues. So if you've been to any sort of entertainment downtown, you most likely have walked Market Street and definitely walked in the footsteps of a murder. Oh yeah. I've been there. I went to school there. Absolutely. I mean, all of us have been there innumerable times, but this person was the way that he would kill the women was he would strangle them. Um, Sometimes there would be fingerprints found on their necks. Other times they would be, uh, they would find some sort of cloth around their neck or whatever. But let's get into the victims because I said there were three, but there might have been five. Hmm. And let's find out why. So the first was named Lena Trapper, and she died in 1894. She was a, me- a member of the secret order of a word I can't pronounce because it's French. Do you guys want to take a take a mascaro? Mascaro is that Mac- Maxero? Maxero. Mackle. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they were okay. We're gonna go with that. They were part secret of the order of Macklemore. secret order of Macklemore, and which was basically like a creepy sex cult, as far as I could find. Okay, That's because apparently those were just rampant during this time period, and so she was one of their sex slaves. So that's who Lena was. Then the second victim was Marie, another French word, Contest. Countess, I don't know. I, I, I don't speak French. Countess, what? Sure, that sounds fancy. 
And she also died in 1894 and was said to be a wealthy person. But when her body was found, there was only 75 cents in her room. So that's when people started speculating robbery. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're going to take all the cash, but leave you 75 cents in case you need to make a phone call in 1992. (laughs) The, The last of the prostitute murders was Kiku Oyama, who was a Japanese immigrant. And she did not get along with the saloon keeper where she worked. And that was kind of the assumption about how her death happened. So all of these deaths were happening and nobody really pieced it together initially as far as them being a serial killer. But then everyone was like, wait a minute, all these people were acquitted or all these people were um, given alibis or whatever. So they couldn't have done it. It had to have been one person. And then in 1898, a clairvoyant named Julia Vaught claims to have a vision of who the killer was, which if you are a clairvoyant and you have a vision of who an active serial killer is, don't tell anyone because you're going to end up dead, which is exactly what happened to her. She ended up murdered exactly the same way as the three previous victims. And then there was Mabel Brown and I totally forgot to fill out the rest of the notes about how she died. So we're just going to say Mabel Brown also died, but that was 1903. So that would have been the last victim. There were, there were several suspects. There was Richard, should have been D. Richard Demandy, who was also a part of the mysterious sex cult, the Macklemore sex cult. And his sister, Mademoiselle Fouché, was actually in an asylum when she gave testimony against her brother. And she said, this is where the ghosts come in. I know you guys were waiting. She said that she was visited by the ghosts of her brother's victims. So while she's in the asylum, the ghosts of the people that he murdered would come visit her. And that's why she decided to testify. I know that that's super creepy. Like if you're going to rat out one of your family members, you better throw in a ghost here and there because that'll just make it more believable. Yeah, right. Especially when you're in an asylum. And apparently the reason she was in an asylum was because she was seeing these ghosts of her brother's victims and it drove her insane. So understandably seeing them, you know, in the outside world and in the inside world. Um, 45 other people also testified against this guy and the prosecution found evidence of bribery that he, that his lawyers gave to the judge to get him acquitted. What? He was, yeah, (laughs) but a jury totally acquitted the guy, even though they had all this evidence against him and not suspiciously, he just moved to Brazil yeah, just after ran that. away to Brazil randomly after living in Denver. Maybe he <laughs> was already sense. planning on it. Maybe he wanted to start up a new sex oh, cult Oh, what? There. You on his side? No, I feel like maybe he killed people, though, because they made fun of his last name. They were like, well, you're very demandy. <laughs> and then he just murdered them. <laughs> that makes such a demandy Andy. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I can see that. Um, another one of the suspects was Frank Rock or Roach, or however you want to pronounce it. He lived near Market Street and matched the description of someone running from the scene of the Oyama murder. And he was also a member of the creepy sex cult. So we're definitely going to have to do an episode on that. Um, 
And then there was H. Meller, who was an Italian immigrant who tried to strangle a woman. She was able to get away. Then the police were called. And right as the cops got there, he put a knife to her throat and tried to cut her throat. And then they took him to prison and they let him go because they said that he just had an ill temper. Okay. No further comment about how that's still happening. Uh, then there was Mick Victor Monchereau. A lot of French people in this yeah. small area. Seems to be hmm. a How does Decker trend. not have a French quarter? Exactly. <laughs> With all of these French people. I didn't oh. Speaking of French, I googled the meaning of the uh, the sex cult. The macro sex cult. The macro means pimp. So just the, the pimp sex pimp cult. cult. Well, that's boring. That's so also, boring. Come you, on. If you take out the C, it means mackerel, like the fish. Okay, I'm more interested in that in a fish sex cult. Like that's more interesting. Yeah, yeah, but the pimp, you might as well just call it the sex sex cult. So, like, with the C, <laughs> macro, I'm guessing, is pimp. But macro is, like, mackerel, as in fish. So, I don't know. There's a weird crossover here. Gotta love French. Change one letter and you get two completely different fucking things. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, Victor, other French last name, um, was said, this is my favorite... <laughs> favorite reason to accuse this guy he was a 40 year old french carpenter with abnormally large hands clearly so, a murderer. so if you have abnormally large hands you're definitely guilty of murdering women by strangling definitely women. strangling for sure for <laughs> so sure. that's just someone pointing at this guy and being like he can do it so mm-hmm. maybe he did mm-hmm. um and I, he was accused by a guy named Alphonse Lemaire, Lemaire, something. I mean, Lumiere. Let's just go with that. Alphonse Lumiere. So these two go back and forth. Victor and Alphonse go back and forth, accusing each other, saying they heard things. And both of them had information that the cops did not have or like did not release. So they were really good candidates for definitely being the killers. Neither of them were charged. So, um, that person is still at large and um if your brother kills anyone hope that the ghosts don't come to haunt you because that's super rude like why doesn't the ghost haunt the guy who killed you right i would just like to make a quick observation (laughs) um maybe they all did it Mm. there are five victims and there are five suspected people two of which are blaming each other so Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they all did it. They were actually all part of the sex cult. Mm-hmm. Probably. Only one was added, though. Oh, instead of Jack the Ripper, we can call him Jack the Gripper. <laughs> <laughs> what? But also part of the sex cult thing. Like, I, uh... It wasn't until you said that. And welcome. then you made it part of the sex cult thing. Oh, so. you're welcome. I... Good job, guys. Well, we do have a few honorable mentions going on here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a haunted bar. Yeah. So the the cool part about this bar, it's called Monaghan's Bar and Grill. It's one of the oldest bars in Colorado. And a lot of famous people apparently visited this place, including Mr. Buffalo Bill Cody himself, who is said to have shot some 
uh, fired some shots into the ceiling, uh, of which you can still see. I'm super skeptical that they wouldn't have done anything about that a long time ago. But then again, like if somebody who is already super famous back then does something, I'm going to tell the future generations, like, don't patch that up. That's really cool. Yeah, right. So I can kind of understand that. We still need to go back and visit that place, though, because we hear that there's a cellar yeah. that's haunted. The cellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need we to visit at night. Yeah. So yeah. We might do more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there's something there for sure. Yeah. So that's a fun mention just because that's probably the only actual place we went to before this episode. Um, (laughs) I also found this crazy story of the cavern, the Caverna del Oro. Um, Never heard of that. The Cave of Gold. This is um, basically the Spanish getting what they deserve. Yay. Oh, I like these stories. Yay. This is my favorite. (laughs) I'm here for this. 15th century. I'm going to shorten this a lot. This is really long. Um, so the Spanish explorers are here. Uh, they're up there, 13,000 feet up on Marble Mountain. And uh, the local tribes claim that this mountain is played by demons. Um, they, so these Spanish, they were monks. Uh, they went up on an expedition and these lovely monks uh, forced all these natives into slave labor, as you do, to get mm-hmm. gold from the cave. And then finally, they staged an uprising, and two of the monks were killed. Shit happens with the Spanish people, and then they kind of, the Spanish flee. Okay, so then this cave was left unexplored until about 100 years ago from now, and was found again uh, just by somebody who was climbing Marble Mountain, and they stumble upon a skeleton clad in Spanish armor, arrow sticking out of his back. Yay! Uh, painted on the rocks right above the skeleton. This reminds me of the Roanoke episode we just did. Mm. Uh, it's the very old Maltese cross painted in red above the body over the entrance to the cave. Some people went in there and there's like an old woman in the town that claims there was gold in the cave. And then a 500 to 700 feet of the cave entrance, like into the entrance, there was a giant wooden door that nobody's opened you know, normal spooky stuff. Uh, down in the cave, there's like more skeletons and basically it's just entirely haunted. Cool. Yeah. So let's go visit that. Yeah. Let's do another one where we visit that. Yeah. It's one of those caves that I guess is like way high up in the mountains, kind of in a precarious area that you would like normally never go to. So yeah, it was kind of a thing in the 15th century and then wasn't really discovered again until all those people were skeletons. Cool. Yeah. I don't know how much like the whole like the natives say the cave is uh haunted is true or if they were just like like stay away. Yeah. Sorry, hmm. cats like cats throwing sand. Destroying something. Okay. Oh, She's not destroying it. things. She's behind the door to be fair. Okay. Yeah. So that I just want to throw that in the, throw that in there since we already had so many, but I just thought it was a fun story. Caves. Yeah, it's super spooky. Caves. They're caves with you no matter where you go. <laughs> What caves. is wrong with you? <laughs> You're just God. Um, you know what's fun though is that caves are actually beneath you until they're not. And that's that's how caves really work, isn't it? Um, there is another just kind of a fun one. Um, Allie, I think I brought you here as well. What? Uh, it's a place called Miramont Castle. It's in Mantu, Colorado. Mm. Oh yeah. And yeah, it is a haunted place where the first time I went there, uh, they said I had a camera. And they said, anything that you capture on camera that is orbs 
or anything like that, you must bring to the front counter to show us. Mm. By God, I caught no orbs. Um, uh, I probably did, honestly, but I don't always notice things like that because it's it's dust, guys. Um, but okay. also, there, the Miramont Castle is just kind of a cool place. It's kind of an old, weird place. There's a, there's like a little tunnel staircase thing that I still don't know where it goes, uh, but it is up on a higher floor and it's locked off. And they don't let you go in there. Um, uh. So it has like a whole bunch of just like different haunted things. Uh, you can do a self-guided haunted tour there. So if you're ever in Colorado Springs slash Manitou, definitely is a, a place to go check out if you like ghost tours and things like that. But uh, yeah, just wanted to kind of throw it on the list because it's just a fun older place where you may or may not see a ghost cool um while doing research i did find a lot of bigfoot stories and a lot of ufo stories um like we kind of mentioned earlier there's that entire like spooky colorado triangle basically um we talked about it on creststone sounds like most of the ufo stories happened out there um it's not necessarily ghosts or hauntings which is why i didn't really get into any of them but i did just want to mention that there's a lot of bigfoot and ufo settings in colorado as well so it's not just haunted with your typical ghosts yeah if you ever want to see a show that goes to colorado to investigate um what they call chilling snow beast uh they monster quest did an episode on that which is just (laughs) bigfoot in the colorado mountains essentially so okay yeah I, i haven't heard that one before no yeah, it's the chilling, chilling snow beast. Uh, the episode mm-hmm. is titled, at least on IMDb, "Snow Beast Slaughter." <laughs> so, oh, okay, that's more intense. Like chilling snow beast is kind of like puns. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, though, they do not slaughter a snow beast. So. Yeah. Oh, disappointing. Well, that's probably good. Very disappointing, but Big essentially, lip. they just look for Bigfoot all around Colorado so. and don't find anything. What? You just spoiled the episode and every season of the show. <laughs> oh, Damn. no. Damn. Now people uh, know that every time you watch a show episode of that, you're not going to see anything. It's like right. Ghost Hunters. All right. All right. Now the moment we've all been waiting for that Sarah mentioned at the very beginning. Final, yes. mo- final one the on The whole here. ghost story. So, like I said, I'm skeptical. And... Mm-hmm something really strange happened to my family recently. I'm not going to get into my family history yet. Like weeks ago, this happened like two weeks ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. So without getting into too many details for my family's safety and everything, uh, my sisters are going through our family tree right now. We're trying to figure out more about our heritage. And we heard about this one house in a small town in Colorado. Not going to tell you where it is. Again, for my family's safety. Mm-hmm. This house is an old adobe and it's where our great-grandmother lived. So my sisters decided to go up there one day. I didn't go with them and they just wanted to see the house for themselves. So they get into town, they see the house and one of my sisters is braver. Well, not braver than the other, both super brave, but one of them decides I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to knock on the door and talk to whoever's living there right now. Went up, knocks on the door, nobody answers. So disappointed, they turn around, they decide to go across the street a ways to the cemetery to find the grave where our grandma's buried, or at least her, I think she's buried or maybe her sisters. I don't know. Anyway, relatives are buried across the street. 
while they are looking around the cemetery, they talk to one of the groundskeepers or I don't know, guys who works there and ask him a little bit about the history of the town and everything. And then finally they realize we've been out here a long time. We're hungry. Do you have any recommendations for places we should go? So this guy says, yeah, sure. There's a Mexican restaurant down the street. You should try. It's really good. And so my sisters drive over to this Mexican restaurant. They're sitting down kind of talking about what they seen through the day and just different things. And a waitress comes up to take their order. My oldest sister says, do you happen to know who lives in this adobe house? Because it's pretty, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the houses around there. And so my sister was hoping that they would have some information. And fortunately, the waitress said, actually, my friend lives at that house what's, what do you need to know about it? And my sister said, no, it's nothing important. We just were doing some family history tracing and just were kind of curious about the house. So if she ever wants to talk to us, here's my phone number, you know, my name, my number, just take this. And if you want, you can give it to her. Not thinking that anything would come from this. They leave the town and come back down into Denver. The next day, my sisters and I are touring another cemetery and trying to find some other relatives' graves so that we can start piecing this puzzle together. And just before our meeting, my sister had received a phone call from the person who owned the house. Oh, snap. So the lady calls my sister and she says, what's wrong with the house? Why, why do you want to talk to me? You know, what's going on? And my sister said, no, there's nothing wrong there. My great-grandma used to live there and we were just interested and maybe taking a look at it, seeing what it looked like, get some of the history if you had any. And the woman said, well, I don't have any of the history. I don't really know anything about anyone who lived here, but by chance, do you believe in spirits? And my sister was like, uh, what do you, what do you mean? You know, kind of playing dumb for a second. Oh, what do you mean spirits? And the woman said, do you believe in ghosts? And my sister said, I don't really know what, you know, what are you talking about? And the woman said, well, when my kid, when my child was younger, he used to talk to this woman who would always hang out in our kitchen and all of us could see her, but he would specifically talk to her. And she was this very short woman. She was probably five foot, maybe less. She wore these really strange clothes. though. it was like a dress, but it was kind of it looked handmade and was kind of tattered. And even though she seemed very sweet, her face looked like she had seen some hard things. And she had dark hair that she always kept in a bun at the back of her head. But the weirdest thing about her is even though she was kind of dressed in a homemade dress, she wore this bright, I don't know if it's like a necklace or a pendant or a brooch or something, but she wore it. Where is it? because they still see her, I guess, at the center of her chest. And it was just really bizarre. So we thought that was strange. And we're just wondering if you might know who she is. So my sisters were kind of, well, my sister who took the call was shocked to hear the story because, and I'm sending it to you now, this is a picture of my great grandma. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Yep. Your great grandma's still chilling at the still house. Still chilling. This picture was taken in the home. And I guess she would always wear 
that pendant. And from what we hear, she was buried with it. But it's just kind of a weird placement for her to wear it, first of all. And second of all, it just doesn't really... I mean, in this picture, the dress she's wearing seems more... I don't know. It's nicer. It's more tailored. She's obviously older. She had a tough life. She had to raise eight kids on her own. And the dresses that the person was talking about would have been made from sugar beet bags because that's what she had access to. And so they would have been kind of patchwork looking kind of weird. Um, And so this picture is one that our family has. No one else has access to this. And she is even wearing a different dress, but she's wearing the same brooch. And just thought that was an interesting story. We are still, um, my sister had to end the call with the woman because she was, you know, going to visit some other friends. So we're still, this is an ongoing investigation. (laughs) We are still hoping to hear more about this and about my great grandma still haunting her house. And, um, wouldn't that be That's awesome wild. if like we were able to piece together our family tree because we could talk to her? <laughs> that <laughs> you would should be go. sweet. Yeah. So yeah. I hang out with your great grandma. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So did, you, did, did your sister send a picture to this woman? Yes. You're like, is that her? Mm-hmm. What did she say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously, she was. I think she looked younger, and she had like fully black hair because she still has pretty dark hair in this, even though she was old. Yeah, it was a little gray. That's crazy. Yeah. That is a wild story to end us off. Oh my gosh, yeah. you have to keep me updated on that. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the ending here to all of these different stories. The official ending of all of these stories. Um, yeah. Do we have a what do you think section or like? I mean, it comes down to like whether or not you believe ghosts are real. I, I guess, think we've all but... said in this episode we're we're skeptic, but I guess relatively open minded, right? Ghost agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not gonna like deny one if it pops up in front of me. <laughs> You're not real, but that might hurt its feelings. Yeah. Does all that work to show up? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of these stories, they have like, they're really interesting stories. A couple of these had like photo evidence, um, which like we said, we'll put in the newsletter, um, which is one good one. It's it's not always, it's not always a thing that you get photo evidence. Um, oftentimes you don't get anything, but there are a couple ones, especially the picture of the, of the mirror of the hundred year old mirror. I can't why, stop. Wait, why did you have to refer to that one? I hate I, that one so I much. I can't stop staring at it, really. I think Sweet. everyone should look at it one more time. I I'm not looking at it. it. Sarah, I'm coming over. He's going to invoke some demons or something. But so far, I have yet to see anything that's like definitely proving that ghosts are real. But Colorado is very, very haunted. And there's a lot of places that I do want to visit before we talk about them on the show as well. Things like the Stanley Hotel yeah. and things like that, I think. I want to visit, if I could afford the $200 a night fee for the Oxford Hotel, I would go confirm whether or not there's a haunting there every single time. But yeah, stay tuned for more of that haunting stuff for especially the next go round of October. But we always do creepy ones anyway. We just like to focus on it. Also, probably for the next one, don't know what we're doing next, but probably for the next one, we'll take a break from all the horror stuff. (laughs) So... I don't know, Chelsea's up next. She's probably going to be cold again or something. Yeah, it's probably going to be. Yeah, but it won't be straight up horror. It's hard to say. 
Let us know what you think about these stories. Let us know if you have any interesting ghost stories from Colorado or honestly anywhere in the world. I always like hearing about them. Uh, I always eventually, like eventually I want to read some of those on the show. I think that'd be fun. Let us um, know if oh. you're haunted by any of Sarah's family members. <laughs> yes, please do. We have been here for quite some time. Um, if you, speaking of reading, one of the books that I read a lot to write part of the show was called Ghost Hunting Colorado by Kaylin Lamb. And we'll probably have that listed in the um, Good. Ring newsletter. Mm-hmm. But it seriously is like full of a ton of really creepy locations and ghost stories. So if you are new to Colorado, or if you've lived here forever and want to know about all the hauntings in Colorado, it's it's a fun read. It's a short read, but it's a fun read. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. You'll find that and all of the other things that we find book-wise on our Goodreads. And also all of the pictures that we're talking about in our newsletter. And you can also find us on the social medias. We're on all of them. We are fit Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> As always, make sure to give us five-star rating. We love yeah, you guys. Five-star review. No matter how you feel about the show, give them a five-star review. Let us know why. Let us, it doesn't matter why. Yeah. I'm Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Sarah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Stay stitches. And remember, if you see an orb, it could be a ghost. It could be a portal to another dimension. Sometimes. Or it could be dust. <laughs> it's probably dust. <laughs>